it'll be an emotional day there at Ascot tomorrow. Um, it'll be one of its biggest days in the history of that time-honoured race course there in WA at Ascot, the home of racing in WA, because it will be the final meeting. Our greatest ever jockey, Damien Oliver, will be competing at. And in the final race, it's called the Damien Oliver Gold Rush, worth, what, $1.5 million. It's a Group 3, but it won't be Group 3 for long. And Ollie rides Monomac from basically the outside gate. So you'll need a D. Oliver special, but this horse, if he goes like he did first up there at Caulfield, he won't be far away. Riley Morgan's a young gun. He's been dominating proceedings for us here on Giddy Up. A lot of love for him on the text message this morning as well, and he joins us now. G'day, Riley. Thanks for your time, mate. Um, it will be a big day for everybody involved with WA Racing, and let's hope Ollie can pull out um, one of his best ever um, rides um, with Mournemek because he'll, he'll need to be at his best to get home from that draw. Yeah, good morning, Gareth, and yeah, he certainly will, but one thing I will say about the, the trainers over here, they've really, they've come together of sorts, Gareth, I think, for Ollie's final day in the saddle, and they've really looked after him, because he has a serious book of rides out there at, at Ascot tomorrow for his final day of riding, and while he does have a serious book of rides, the barrier guys perhaps haven't been so kind as the trainers have, and he's got a few sticky little barriers to navigate there tomorrow, but... Hopefully that he can see out a couple of winners there on his way to, on his way off into the sunset, mate. And Ollie probably hasn't had the success that he wanted when he's returned back home to WA, but it's a day that everybody will be watching him and I usually delivers on the big stage. Um, um, what do you make of the Damien Oliver Gold Rush, first of all, over the 1,400 metres? It's a, I love this race. I think it's so fascinating with the different form lines from the winter bottom to the railway. And we've even got horses now coming back from the 1800 meters of the northerly last week, including the winner in Dom to shoot with Jared Noski mm. riding. I think it's a travesty. We've talked about this throughout the week that super smink who would have added so much to this race. Wasn't, wasn't um, put into the field. She's the second emergency and it looks highly, highly unlikely that she'll gain a start now. So how do you read this year's race? Yeah, very unlikely, I think, at this stage, Gareth. But certainly, Concur would have added a, another element of interest to the race. The race itself, the winner looks very well concealed here for mine. And what I did notice, Gareth, doing the speed map, the tempo looks relatively soft. You've got Saboteur Excel should lead. Baby Paris will, will probably sit outside there and absorb. And Massimo will come across as well. And I think these jockeys will know on these horses, if they go overly hard, they'll undo their own chances here, especially in the expected conditions by this stage of the day. You've got that southwesterly, that sea breeze will well and truly be in. And, and that's generally when they can start swooping down the middle of the track and finishing off over the top. So I think three-deck cover, four-deck cover, even given, I guess, I can't expect them to go overly hard here, might be the place to be in the race. And, and Gareth, we had an Eastern States runner come across and, and win this race last year. And, and of the competitors this year, I just keep coming back to, to Ayrton. Mm. I know he's not a Group 1 horse, but this isn't a Group 1 field. And going back through his replays, him and Wunamek both come through the Damien Oliver and the Group 1 Sir Rupert Clark as their final lead-up runs to this. And, and off both of those, I thought you had to have Ayrton on top of Wunamek from both of those runs. And, and he was the winner of the pair at the barrier draw there as well. So I like the fact he's had three weeks here in WA to, to settle in and find his feet. You get Damien, Damien Lane aboard, one of the best hoops we've got on the planet. And I think if he can land him in that three deep cover line, building into the race, he's, he's going to, to prove very hard to beat and looks a, an attractive price to, to have something on there. And my best roughy on the program also comes up in this race. I think he's a big price. And I know there are going to be people that'll say the trials leading in have, have said that he's maybe not come back 
the same horse. But for mine, the profile of Resort Man here, mm-hmm. targeted at this race, second up, 1,400-metre profile. And he's running the winter bottom. He was galloped on uh, in running there and, and not offered a lot of room to move in the straight. I thought it certainly had merit. And, and knowing the camp would have certainly left a bit in the locker there with him, Gareth, heading into that fresh run in terms of improvement he could make leading into here and I like the fact that opposed to many other runners he's at the stage of the preparation where he can significantly improve and, and go to another level second up up to his pet trip of 1400 metres opposed to the horses that are dropping back from the mile dropping back from the 18 have had long preps in the through those sprint features up to the winter bottom so I think if Brad Willer can land him in that three wide line which he should get that run from the barrier he's drawn I think he's a big price and I mark him a lot shorter than he currently is at that $34 mark yeah I totally agree we had a chat to Pete Anthony on the weekend preview yesterday and like Kappa and the boys that own Resort, man, I had a little bit to do with them when we were talking about SEN slot there with the Quokka last year and he's like, they would have put him in that winner bottom for that like, the, I know he's a very good trainer, Michael, Michael Lane and Kappa would have been, mm. they would have sat down with the plan and they know he's a better horse second up and fresh anyway so they would have thought, let's give him a run in the winner bottom and that would just top him off nicely for a race like the the gold rush like i can't believe his price i think he's as he's as capable as comfort me um horses like red can man from the locals point of view over 1400 meters i think he's probably nearly one of the best top three horses i think in the state over that trip um i think he profiles beautifully and Brabra Will is a key to him as well. They fly him, of course, across, across from Victoria back to WA to ride this horse because he knows him really well. Um, yeah, I think he's a play there tomorrow. I love yeah, his run in the winter bottom. I agree, Gareth. And when you think about just how good of a horse he is when he is at his top, like this is a horse who carried the top weight in last year's railway stakes. And while it wasn't a vintage railway stakes, he's not a mile of this horse no. by any means. And he's run fourth. So... This is his pet trip, 1,400 metres right in his sweet spot. I think he's agree, completely agree he's a, he's a massive price. And while it is a, a very difficult race, I think if you find the winner, you're going very well. I yep. think he's one in that market currently that poses some real value. What else are we looking at there tomorrow, mate? Got a couple of other bets, Gareth, on the program. A couple early I do like. Race one, number one, Blue Lagoon, I really like in the opener. I thought he was huge in the WA Guineas, which is the strongest form reference for this, where he beat home the the the, the Faretha and the Lestier winner in investment strategy and was only beaten by a few very quality horses there in zip away, a lot of good men and, and super smink. Yeah. Uh, so I think back to the 1,400 metres, Clint Johnson-Porter aboard from a, a very nice gate. He's got the tactical speed to hold up and, and keep off the fence there. I think he's going to prove very hard to beat in race number one, race one, number one. Race two, number three, EPC, I think... Couldn't have been more impressive in victory this Neville Parnham trained horse first up. And, and while he rises two kilos, it was a, a seriously dominant win. And he has been known throughout his career, he, he is a bleeder. So I know for a fact that horses can put in a really good run fresh and, and sort of decline from there if, if that is the case. But I'm trusting in Neville Parnham here. And I like the fact that Neville trialled him as well before that first up run. Usually if they are a bleeder, you just go bang and attack that first up run really fresh and, and they run really well but his trial before his first up run was outstanding so I'm of the opinion that perhaps this horse has just come back really well and gone to another level this preparation and Neville's always said in his work he works like a really good horse so I think if Chris Parnham can find cover again here and offset that slightly awkward draw 
no reason to see why he can't win again. I know I'm tipping against Ollie on his on his wife and his his mum's horse in San Fabrizio, but he just can't draw a barrier at the moment, San Fabrizio. And it was a good run last start, but I struggled to see how he turns the tables on APC from that performance. I thought he comfortably had his measure, and he's just not jumping at the moment. Gareth, this horse, so no. from barrier ten, unless something unless something drastically changes, I can't I can't see him getting across into a prominent position. He's going to have to go back again. I think likely from there in race number two, and just a couple of other quick ones as well. I think Ollie's best ride. I'm going to tip one of his there tomorrow. I think his best ride comes up in race five, number two, Captain Pluto for Grant and Alana Williams. He's, he's going to need to, to find a spot with this horse from that barrier at the 1800 metre start point, but this horse is flying and I think he profiles the best leading into this race. And it looks a bit of a messy speed map. It's a big field. So I think if Ollie can find that three deep cover moving line here, which I think there will be for him, especially in the conditions expected by this stage of the day as it gets a little bit later on, in the afternoon, I think he's going to be hard to hold out there. Race five, number two, Captain Pluto. And my best each way of the day comes up in race seven, final play of the day there, Gareth. Race seven, number three, goddess of giving for, for Lou Luciani and, and Jason Whiting. I think she finds the most suitable setup. She's had all preparation. She's back to the sprint trips, which is certainly, I feel, she's much better over those shorter distances. But she gets the blinkers on in a race where there's expected to be some real tempo and a southwesterly blowing over her shoulder late in the afternoon. And for mine, all of her best performances have been at 1,000 metres. So 1,100 metres here might just be a sweet spot, which she's never seen so far to date. And love the, the form she brings through those strong mares series races. So she might just be right place, right time, Gareth. Tracking into the race, three deep with a bit of cover, storming home over the top. I think she gets a really nice setup there each way. Race seven, number three, goddess of getting. It's been one hell of a pinnacles farm, Morgan. Go and get there, mate. Captain Pluto is a moral lad. So one of our listeners is agreeing with you. Um, geez, Grant and Lana Williams have had a wonderful carnival as well. And I, I just think, I don't think they tell me Super Sphinx going around in the Starstruck Classic if she, like she's entered, but uh, Craig Williams' book, that could be one of the races of the day she does turn up because Yonga Lass, who was to the eye, she looked like Farlap there the other day. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are you hearing? It's, I don't think she is starting, is she? Well, I think, Gareth, the, the commentary has been, Maybe a little bit of overreaction and sour grapes to the fact that she's not running in that gold rush because when you put it, you have a look at the race and like she was only beaten half a length in the guineas and that's proven to be such a good form reference moving since then. For the prize money on offer, you'd be silly not to run, wouldn't you? Well, it depends if like she, she I don't think she's a miler. I think she's a better sprinter. Um, I reckon 1,400 metres is her sweet spot. So whether they want to go one more with her at that mile when there's probably in yeah. the back, back of their mind. I know Dan Morton's got a slot in a quokka. Um, I don't know. But Craig Williams has booked a rider. Craig's come, like, they would have booked him to that, like, hoping that she would get a start in that in that gold rush. I'll, I'll, text, I'll text the team and I'll see what's happening with her. It's interesting, Gareth, because yeah, I, I agree. She's she's not a miler, and she's she's too brilliant for that. She's better over those shorter trips. Yeah. But she was still only beaten half a length in a in a WA Guineas, and in a very small field. There's no zip ways. There's no a lot of good men's. It's you know, you I think if that's your last option, and she's ready to rock and roll, then I don't. Know, I'd be having a throw at the stumps with her anyway. Yeah. All right, then, mate. It'll be interesting to see what she does. Enjoy tomorrow, mate. We appreciate your time. Thanks for that, Ryan. Thanks, Gareth. Have a good weekend. He's a good man, Riley Morgan, there.